It's Cofield and Company. 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 Who puts y'all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. Uh, That's shocking to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, 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 partying. Yeah! Right, five o'clock hour on a Friday, 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 Friday. I just got a uh, command, a demand from uh, Ari's arch enemy listener Brady that uh, I needed to do my Rebecca Black scream or else because I screwed it up last week. We've got about three people who really listen to this show uh, very closely. Uh, Adam Hill is in the Finley Toyota Studios. Willie's there with him. Ari is alongside. We've got important stuff to get to, very important stuff to get to. Uh, we're heading to the UNLV game against Fresno State. I'm here in Fresno, and uh, funny enough, we've been talking about the taco truck throwdown outside the stadium. I can smell it from, like, thousands of feet away. I smell burritos as well, and I, I have been informed, guys. This is always very important because uh, you guys are in press boxes a lot more than I am that uh, Fresno State may not provide food for the media which nope. could nope. lead to an insurrection. Uh, they did in 2019, <laughs> and it's funny, off-air, I was asking both uh, Russ and Caleb, uh, do you remember what they had? And uh, both were like, Chick-fil-A, like instantly. <laughs> like they, It's good memories, very good memories. So we're all rooting for us. We're all rooting for us to be well-nourished during this game tonight. Well, Adam and I are gearing up for the Raiders game on Sunday, and it'll oh, be some sort of Miami-themed because they're always – It's got to be Cuban. Cuban sandwich, right? I would think so. Fried dolphin. You know, the other day <laughs> in the dolphin. we had <laughs> mahi mahi, uh, uh, <laughs> seared dolphin. Cassie was uh, googling uh, uh, Miami specialty desserts to figure out what was going to be where the you know the donut bar is at, it was at last time. So God, the important that, things, first you, world problems for the media. You guys in that donut bar. <sighs> Yeah, Adam trying to go carbless, so only <laughs> Adam and I like didn't touch it. We didn't have it. We were just filming her. That's true. We f- we filmed other people eating the donuts. Yeah. That was our. I didn't even touch a donut. Sure. So before the Big Five, uh, a couple of things on the vaccine front and athletes being eligible. Uh, the Knights are 100 percent vaccinated, so uh, that's awesome. So we'll see guys like Patches out there. Uh, it's good to see. Make sure that everyone's good to go on that one. And. In the NBA, Adam, we have a weird story here. Andrew Wiggins, I guess, is a holdout and filed for a religious exemption. He did, and this is key because the Warriors, of course, play in the city of San Francisco. Uh, Within the city of San Francisco, the Department of Health has issued an order uh, requiring vaccination for all participants in any large gathering uh, anybody age 12 and up needs to be vaccinated to participate in any large gathering inside. That would include NBA games. Yeah. And so Andrew Wiggins, who has been on record saying he will not get vaccinated, applied for religious exemption, as you said. It has officially been denied by the NBA. Now, uh, this makes sense. Uh, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago that uh, the the amount of actual religions that – 
that would not allow you to get vaccinated are incredibly rare. Like it, it's, it rarely exists. And most religious exemptions uh, and actually most medical exemptions uh, are essentially fraudulent. And so the NBA has reviewed this and they have said, nah, absolutely not. You're not getting religious exemption. So Andrew Wiggins now has to make a decision. If he does not get vaccinated, he cannot play in home games wow. this season. That's a weird one. Half the schedule, you're out. The um, the San Francisco Department of Public Health actually put out a statement and did not mention Wiggins by name, but did refer to "quote unquote" players in its statement. Um, as Adam said, it it it's, it states all patrons twelve and older must be vaccinated under the current order. Unvaccinated, they cannot enter indoor areas, regardless of the reason. They are unvaccinated and cannot test out of this requirement, even if they have a medical or religious exemption. The same rule applies to performers and players employed by the host at large and mega indoor events who are covered by the vaccination requirements of the health order. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Adam Hill, Lou Ramirez, Steve Cofield. All right, let's get to the Big Five. Uh, wait a second. We have all these national food days. We ha- we have a s- simple national cooking day. Yeah, just what is this, Willie? Just straight up, just national cooking day. There's yeah. there's there's not it's not not anything specific. It's just called National Cooking Day. Um, it is tomorrow. It, uh, I'm pulling it up here. I had it, and then it just, uh, we had the Andrew Wiggins stuff come. But, uh, it's observed on it's September, obser- it's, observed it's observed annually on September 25th since 2016. Uh, the event does not currently have a sponsor. But, uh, here we go. Yeah, big food at it. <laughs> but, but uh, September twenty fifth in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, and, and and the the picture that I'm seeing, it's it's a it's just a, a pasta meal. But I was just curious what the most extravagant meal that uh, you guys have cooked. <laughs> I, you know, when I typed that out, I was thinking in parentheses, do I put bowl of cereal that Adam has poured? No, well, I made I, mean, I made yeah, that I steak it. in the air fryer. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. For, but, just for Mike Grimaldo. I mean, I've, if if we go extravagant, the wrong word. Obviously, Adam, have you Adam, have you ever made a three item meal? A three item? Yeah. No, I don't think I've made a two item meal. You've uh, never you've never made a two item. You've never you made have, something what, with vegetables. Yeah. What'd you have with the on steak? the side? Oh, I I uh, I did one of. The, you know the the frozen vegetables in a bag? Sure. And you, you put them okay. in the microwave and they Absolutely. Like boil or whatever. Use them in all the, the time. Microwave. So that's two items. That's all right. That's, I mean, I don't think that's not cooking. No, sure but you're preparing it. But I'm, I'm going to say, I did teach myself at one point how to make, how to make, it's ridiculous. Uh, there's a pasta dish. Yeah. So I learned how to boil water. Okay. And then throw pasta in there. I learned how to boil water. And then you just cook it long enough until like you keep tasting the pasta. And then you realize like okay, it's ready. Okay, stop it now. High hey, level time stuff. Out, time out. Exactly let me like let, let me let me let me right nip now. this in the bud for all yeah. for everybody. If you're going to make pasta, there's really there, it's real simple. When, once the water's at a rolling boil, you throw a, a a tablespoon of olive oil, and and it's not. A lot of people think that that's to keep the pasta from sticking. That's actually a myth. 
you keep stirring the pasta so it doesn't stick. I do that. The oil is so the water does not boil over from the starch that comes mm-hmm. off of the pasta. Nice. But once you pour it in there and stir, it's a it's 11 minutes, period. Oh. You just set the timer for 11 minutes. Outside of angel hair, 11 minutes, and it's perfect al dente. I'm making penne. And so okay, yeah. I do. I wait 10 minutes. It's not like I try it every two minutes. And okay. Wait 10 minutes, and I'm like, uh, all right, it's, it's, it's good. I'll take it. Okay. And then in another pot. Yeah. I pour sauce. The please don't say you pour it out of a jar. Of course. And then but then hold on. Okay. I throw like some I'll throw like some garlic, <coughs> uh some black olives, of course, some mushrooms. Oh, God. Uh I'll like throw some stuff That's in there. Good. Some, That's some not seasonings. Bad. That's not bad. Yeah. And some then, perfect seasonings. We'll get you the pizza. And then bread. I and then I pour it together. And then I have like a big thing of pasta. I'll melt some cheese on there too. I'm a, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go as far to say that that's a little bit of extravagance. He's he's got mushrooms. <laughs> he's added some black olives. He's he's boiling the pasta. So he's doctoring up the pizza or the pizza, the uh, the 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 marinara, right? So he's got a little. Is it sauce or gravy, Steve? From Jersey, come on, cut it out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't think it could be gravy in a jar. <laughs> it's sauce. What's your, what's your, sauce? It's sauce too, sauce. isn't it? Sauce. sauce. I'm gonna go with like a meat sauce. Meat sauce. Yeah. A nice sauce. Sure. Steve, what's your, what about you? Extravagance? Uh, I don't. I don't cook anything extravagant. Here's here's the deal. I'm gonna take up for the Adam uh, and Cofield side. Uh, Willie and guys like McKinnell, and then uh, Mark McMillan. I, you got the extravagance that you put into the effort you put into. Meals that have five or six items is insanity. And Adam has said it before. It's It comes down to time yeah. and how much you value the food. Like, I just, I don't, a lot of times I don't have the time to be sitting there and cooking for like an hour, you know, an hour and 20 minutes. Steve, you 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 tend to favorite, uh, let's say 60% of the, the food tweets. Would Adam just be appalled at the present at the plate presentation oh that I take time to put? Willie, Willie's meals are insane. Yeah, what's the purpose? Because <laughs> it's good food, but he but he gets into it and he carves out the time. I just I I'm just like too ADHD I will say, to freaking carve out the time. I will say it's fifty fifty. Fifty percent is just for pride after cooking it, but the other fifty is to line up the perfect season bottle behind it, take the picture, <laughs> send it, it to Jordan, to rub it in. so he no, so he can oh, promote too, yeah. it, so he that can too. promote the seasonings on yeah, the on, yeah. the on the social media. Yeah, you're also selling. It, it, so. it Adam, and I, Adam and I don't have food products we're selling. It tastes better when it's all laid out properly, too, right? Oh God, here no, we go. No, the presentation. No, no. He hates the presentation. It doesn't. No, I don't know about all that. I didn't the say that. Complete it just, and total waste I just of like time. doing it. But you're right. But you, okay, you have a reason for it, and you admit it, which most people don't. The, most people just do it to put it on Instagram. I it don't doesn't know. taste any better. Okay, I don't know if I've ever heard someone say it tastes better because it presented better, so that's garbage. No, but, but I'm saying that it's a complete and total waste oh. of time okay. to actually take time to put it on the plate properly. Makes no difference. Do you put it all? Do you mash it all together? Like Gramala would be just a Ma- mash. What I I, I you just throw pasta. it all on the plate. <laughs> pasta. You air fried a steak, <laughs> right? And then ate it out of the air fryer. Just picked it up and yeah, ate he picked, it he out of the up. basket. <laughs> he picked up the basket. <laughs> yes. It's all hot in his lap. Just eating it right out of the basket. That's that's awesome. Number four. You know I have nothing, so we'll just move on. We didn't ask. Uh, <laughs> you, you know. Presentation is really going to matter with the property itself, and I'm sure the food will be presented very nicely if this ever happens. Better not. Ready for this one? Better not. Uh, headline in a British paper, 
one giant step for Sin City. Plan revealed for 735-foot-high Vegas resort in the shape of the moon that has 4,000 hotel rooms, a lagoon, and its very own lunar colony. I'm in. I think it'll be a great expenditure. It'll really be worth the money for the company that wants to do this. And the, the mock-up, it looked like they did it right across from uh, Wynn and Encore on the old uh, Frontier property. If they, but, but here's the thing, Willie. I think you read the story, right? I don't think they have any property yet. I am 100% against this just based off the picture. I think it's ugly. I don't I, I just think it I I think it literally looks like a planet fell. <laughs> I just I I I am just I'm I'm bad. Ari, send this out on ESPN Las Vegas. It is it is not a, a good-looking property. I mean it's it's fascinating. It's I'm, the idea and the concept, oh, yeah. but I mean where it's at everything. I'm just looking at it. I saw it also throughout I I just couldn't I was like what the I don't understand it. <laughs> like, are the rooms inside the moon? Yeah, they're they're no, high. They're they're high up in the like the upper part of the moon. But there's no like windows or anything. Gravity? Well, I think there are. I think there are windows. That's the whole trick. Oh, it just it's one of those things that you it, you look at it and you can't tell there's windows, but from the inside right. you look are out. Are you not looking at it? I'm, and then lo- that's, I'm oh, looking and at a giant moon that's about to get hit by a plane. <laughs> that, that it, the plane does look to be flying kind of low. The greatest thing about this picture, the irony of this picture. Is that there's also a moon? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, there's also a moon, like a, a sliver moon. Oh, it's there just, is, yeah. 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 <laughs> this is so it's like the it's, it's like the moon from Big Bear. Big, Big Blair in the Blue House. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about the. Moon. I don't know about the look of this thing. It also, in in some ways, it actually looks like it's got three finger holes. It looks like a bowling ball. Sure, but also, isn't it just the sphere? It is. It is basically a more just a giant version of the sphere. Man, we're just gonna have a bunch of spheres on the strip. There's, there's no the way this thing. is real. It's the new thing. Well, they didn't put the they didn't put the original sphere on the strip, which I still don't understand. Now they're like, hey, well, let's put it actually on the strip where everyone can see it. This is the strip sphere. I, I drive up Twain, you know, as it turns into Spring Mountain, and I'm like, man, this is a crazy location. What a view from back here. What's what's finished first, this or the or the NBA resort? Number three. VGK uh, camp is open, day number two today, and a lot of talk about Robin Leonard's weight. He yeah. was a bit puffy in the past, so he's getting in better condition to – Handle the load of playing, you know, 57, 60 games and uh, not having to hear about Flurry all year long. Yeah, and I mean, the, the interesting part of this to me, uh, yeah, he, you, it's clear when you see him take the ice, you're like, oh yeah, he's he's definitely um, slimmed down a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of people I have heard, I have heard people the the Leonard detractors in the past, by the way, say the only reason he's good is because he blocks the whole net because he's so fat. Which is so stupid. They actually like, said that they actually called him yeah, fat, though. That we've, he's blocking the net. We've learned from uh, Mighty Ducks, by the way, that doesn't really work. Uh, so that's so stupid and silly. But here's the thing: um, my favorite part of this story is, as you know, we, we I think we were referenced on that late night happy hour. But the he uh, Kelly McCrimmon was asked the other day by our colleague Dave Shane over at the RJ um, that people, you know, quote unquote people have been suggesting to Robin Leonard that he cuts down on his weight and gets in better shape this year. And that is from a tweet that Robin Leonard set out. He said, people think I should get skinnier, so I'm going to. Uh, I know Robin Leonard, by the way, has been uh, training. I know he put this out publicly finally, but he's been training over at Syndicate MMA. Oh, wow. Uh, down the uh, down the street from here. Oh, that's right. I, saw, I remember seeing um, to, to get into better shape. So I've been talking to some of the guys over there. They said he's been going pretty hard. Uh, but Robin Leonard responded to Kelly McCrimmon's comment on a video where he said, uh, yeah, people, 
Uh, McCrimmon said, I'm not one of those people. Leonard said, no, those people are my wife. She told me to get in shape. (laughs) She said, enough, get in shape. uh, Willie, I was going to say, I like the fat comment, though. Have the folks at Sports Science ever done a study, like with a sumo wrestler, like get someone big enough to cover the entire mouth of the net to see if it works? Didn't it happen in that insurance commercial? I don't know. Didn't they have like a walrus? I don't know. <laughs> Good response from everyone. I can, I can We're like, wrong. we don't know what you're talking about. Really, there was a walrus in an insurance commercial in net. Yeah, we went from Leonard to walrus <laughs> to insurance, but uh, I don't. I don't think it works. Just to just, I'll say that. Leonard also brought up the other day, you know, just about the offseason conditioning and everything that, you know, he brought up his age, which, you know, he said, I just turned 30, no matter what reasons are since rehab medications and all types of things, I've been playing at a bigger weight. It hasn't affected my game. I just play a little bit differently, but I'm 30 now and I'm looking to cut a bunch more until the season starts. So he hasn't stopped and he continued he right up to, you know, puck drop of the season opener. It sounds like, um, you know, he wants to continue to drop weight, and it can become addicting. You, when you start seeing the results and you start feeling it, you know, and, and being on the ice and, and sort of feeling a little looser, as Keegan Colasar even mentioned today, his his agility and conditioning. He noticed his offseason training, as you mentioned at the top of the show. So, you know, with all that Leonard's been through, you know, with his rehab and, and, and with his mental health and so on and so forth, this could also be playing into a positive aspect to his to his life on and off the ice considering everything that he's been through and everything that he's talked about you know when you start losing weight you start feeling better about yourself you start liking what you look like in the mirror you start like liking what you look like in clothes um and then you start feeling better it helps your mental health it's it's you know it's like uh you know gym can be a, a place for your mental health as well as your physical health and by the way first time ever that i knew a commercial that you guys didn't I know. It's a Geico commercial. It's from 2019. I just found it. The walrus in net. He's just stopping everything. He blocks the entire net. Does he got eligibility? No. I don't even see how how that's possible. The walrus doesn't have shoulders. They're they're, they're too skinny up top. But he he just stands there. I think he's using, well, he's obviously on skates, so the skates keep him up, I think. Okay. Uh, And he just blocks the whole thing. And they try to, they're getting very frustrated because they keep firing slap shots at him and they're just bouncing back off his blubber. Number two. I'll have to watch it. I'll have to make that determination. The uh, Derek Carr respect tour continues. I think we're too close to the story. All of us respect Derek Carr. think he's a top 12 guy in the league, but ESPN just had a story that came out. Most underappreciated NFL players at every position. Execs help us pick 10 secret stars, and Derek Carr is uh, right in the center of the discussion. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I think you're right. The, The problem with this Derek Carr debate always has been what are you arguing Right. Like, nobody ever defines the argument. Because for how long have we said, yeah, he's like a top 12, at worst, top 14 quarterback in the league. He's probably not any better than six or seven at his best. Right. But, like, that's where he is. He's incredibly good. He's a very, very, very good quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think I think an interesting debate with him is, because of the lack of winning at the highest level, um, Maybe he hasn't gotten the respect of, say, guys like Matt Ryan, right? Matt Ryan won at a higher level at times, made a Super Bowl. Is Derek Carr better than a guy like Matt Ryan? That's the discussion. And, and is he edging towards you know that, that ultimate level of being a top six guy? You know, what's, what's kind of uh, hilarious, and I know that you didn't, you didn't get this from them, but uh, Pro Football Focus has literally, they call it the, the, the Matt Ryan line of demarcation. Oh, wow. Of... 
you know, is a quarterback going to be better than Matt Ryan? Because you like Matt Ryan is the bare minimum you could possibly have to to you know win at a at a high level. And like, is a guy going to be better than Matt Matt Ryan? Which Matt Ryan not good enough to be great, but he's just very very good. And that, that's how they kind of base it. So I think like Derek Carr is I think right around that same spot. Like every once in a while, once every four or five years, he can give you like a you know fringe MVP type season. At his worst, he's going to be good enough for you to go like 500. Um, you know, if everything else falls into place, like that's just where he is. And I, I think that the the entire crux of this debate just falls down to what exactly are you arguing? What are your parameters? And if you're going to say Derek Carr is a top three quarterback, now you're being silly. But if you're going to say Derek Carr sucks, you're also a moron. Yeah, and I, it's, the funny thing with him is, is that he when you know when you bring things up to him and he says that he's this he said it last year and i think he said it sometime during training camp and how he doesn't let he's gonna let outside noise you know he's sort of ignoring it not gonna let it get to him but then he'll bring it up or he'll recite it or he'll circle back to it so uh, there's got to be a part of it that fuels him as well and and this article says it's not just quarterbacks um in comparing as Adam's mentioning you know because we we've talked about that several times is you know, where does he rank among the quarterbacks? And they're talking about most underappreciated NFL players, not just quarterbacks. So, And the top 10, or they say 10 secret stars of the entire NFL of, at any position. So, And they're, they're putting Derek in the top 10 of all underappreciated NFL players. Yeah, I like that Kareem Hunt's on the list who made himself into a secret because he was going to be a star and then screwed up multiple times, and now he's a backup with the Browns. Top story. Number one. We'll hit this on the way back. we got to get into uh, the one bugaboo that could take down the Raiders. And listen, you know, there's other areas of, of weakness, but the real concerns right now about the offensive line, they've survived the offensive line to this point, the shifting, the injuries, the changes. And you know, as we pointed out earlier in the week, right now Derek Carr is on a pace to get sacked 42 times. That can happen, and they've got to get better so that doesn't happen. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. I think all these people who are on these shows now believe they're celebrities and they believe that they have this platform to say whatever the hell they want. When they first got a league, social media wasn't a thing unless you had a MySpace. It's not going to be relaxed. We're fine. This is one week. But you start saying some outlandish things about what I did in the offseason and me wanting to be on Jeopardy and not play ball and all this other ridiculousness. That's the state of the media that we're in. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. I'll respond to Aaron Rodgers. We are celebrities, especially Adam Hill. And we do get to opine on your relationship with, as Adam calls her, Yoko Woodley. <laughs> And we will talk about you hosting Jeopardy and walking away from football because we can. But I get his point. I get his point. But you know, I'm also a fan of his weekly appearances. Uh, you love his weekly appearances on the Pat McAfee show. You know that there. I'll tell you, there is good and bad with sports talk radio and TV shows and blogs talking about Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm not saying we're solely responsible for him making 37 million dollars a year, but we don't hurt it, <laughs> right? It's true. I mean, we're all part of the machine. So. Yeah, and and like guys, I, I know it's tough. And listen, I've I've advocated that athletes should get paid more than they already get paid, but um, it, it is tough for them to also understand that you know that machine is what drives all that money. Yeah, 
And, and it sucks. It sucks having people, you know, talk about you and speculate about your private life. And hey, but it, it's it always happened, and now it's happening at a at a crazy level. So I want to get to the offensive line discussion in a couple minutes. We'll hit on a bunch of stories from around the <laughs> NFL in just a few as well. Uh, Willie, the betting on this Raiders Dolphins game it's sitting at three and a half. About eighty uh, percent of the tickets are on the Raiders. Seventy percent of the money. So. How do you read this? Well, it opened one, yep, and then it darted to four, and now it's the money's. It seems like it's coming because I'm seeing three and a half. So I'm looking at the live line uh, sheet here, and there's there's seems to be more three and a halves than there are four, and I have to wonder, given it's Friday. Uh, knowing when some of the sharps like to take their hits, if if that's them clipping that, I don't. I can't imagine that. Uh, that the public is is pile driving that they're just getting off work. I mean, there there's there's a bit of a strategy, um, knowing some sharps from back in the day and how the groups work. Adam's a little more dialed in with, you know, and and with some of the books and and their managers. Adam, would I mean, I'm not sure if that's public money or sharp money. I'm I'm speculating it's told, sharp money. I've been told sharps are all over the Dolphins. Yeah, public is go. all over the Raiders. There you go. Wow. So there yeah. you go. Even with Jacoby Brissett in there for two, there's absolutely no drop-off. Is the argument that he's as good or better? That he's the same. That he's the same. Yeah, and that the original line kind of kind of overreacted to Raiders winning and Dolphins losing Tua and getting shut out and everything else, and now as they've kind of uh, you know reassessed a little bit, uh, it might have been too much of a reaction. And that was, you know what, that's Monday. Uh, was it Monday we were in there? Whatever day we were in there. In the press room, and, and I brought it up to Adam, and that was the very first thing he said. I was like, or it was when they first uh, uh, when they announced who was out. It was that was Wednesday, and I said to Adam, I said that line isn't moving. He said, "There's one in the same. They're they're one in the same. They're not they're they're equal." So the sharps clipping that is just it's not surprising. But and they're pro- I'm I'm assuming there. I don't know if it's ra- if it's a matter of reading the quarterbacks and the teams as much as it is just betting against the public. We'll be against. at the Westgate with the last second uh, line changes, 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. It's myself and Adam Candy. It's a Sunday football preview show. Come on down. they got Football Central. You can watch in the sportsbook, but we highly recommend going into the theater. you got thousands and thousands of seats in there, super comfortable betting windows right by the theater. And uh, even better, go down and open the Westgate mobile app, and then you can bet from anywhere in the property when you're off the property anywhere in the state of Nevada. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. I'm pretty sure there's other people out there like me that don't want to hear any more from this trainer about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. They were the greatest marriage, or are the greatest marriage in the history of the game of football. Better than Bart Starr and Vince Lombardi, more successful than Joe Montana and Bill Walsh. These guys were winners together. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. There he is. We love him. We love those videos. Hometown hero O.J. Simpson on Good Marriages. Well, what he was referencing was uh, Dr. Al Guerrero and him speaking up on the relationship with Belichick and Brady down the stretch. And 
He said, I think in time with uh, with Tom, as Tom got into his late 30s and early 40s, I think Bill was still trying to treat him like that 20-year-old kid that he drafted. And uh, all the players, I think, realized Tom was different. So you can't treat someone who's in his 40s like they're 20. It doesn't work. From longtime doctor and coach, Alex Guerrero. Hmm. I kind of agree with OJ. I Dude, pipe down. Okay? Please. Well, it's, it's been a while since OJ was in a locker room, though. What does that mean? I mean, things are probably different now. They're not. They're not. Guys are treated differently. Uh, I I think he was treated differently. Maybe not to the level. And and by the way, how would? Well, here this is the fascinating thing here. I was just going to say, how would Alex Guerrero know? Because he got booted from the locker room. You know, he knows because Tom Brady told him. So (laughs) in a way, this is Mark Andre Fleury and Alan Walsh, because there's no way Guerrero says this publicly unless he has the blessing of Tom Brady. There's no way. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, unless Guerrero, j- I mean, there is another possibility. What does that mean? If Tom Brady doesn't want Guerrero talking the truth, Guerrero can say whatever he wants. And if Tom Brady tried to stop him, he's like, "Yeah, you really uh, okay. want me to talk, Tom?" Okay, yeah. You see, he's going to blackmail Tom Brady now. Sure. Okay, maybe. Uh, Willie, what's going on with the offensive line in terms of the numbers and the health going into this game on Sunday? I'm talking about the Raiders' offensive line. No Richie Incognito and the numbers for uh, everyone other than uh, Colton Miller. Uh, Illuminor has been solid, but you know the, the, most of these positions have struggled. They have, and we asked Greg Olson about that, the offensive coordinator, and he said that you know it's uh, they've continued to have a next man up mentality. It's a 17-game season. They went into the season assuming that their injuries come with that. Of course, they didn't expect it off the top in the first two games the way it has. And I asked him specifically, you know, you you have guys like Leatherwood and Andre James who have made glaring mistakes from penalties to, you know, James had that errant hike um, early in the game when Carr wasn't even ready against the Ravens. That last sequence or that – that sequence in um, in overtime and Leatherwick gets penalty. I mean, these are just the little things. And he sort of just said, you know, they're they're learning curve. They're 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 building blocks. You just learn from these mistakes, and they're continuing. And for but overall, he feels that they played well. They're mistakes that are made. Other teams are making those same mistakes, whether they're veterans or rookies. And they both, um, Greg Olson, on the whole, said that. It's 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 a challenge, but you you deal with it. Um, and, and one thing that stood out a, a couple of weeks ago that Derek Carr said is that the reason that they've been able to adapt so well to the injury bug is that they had during training camp they were playing ones with threes, twos with ones, twos with threes, threes with two. They you know they were interchanging and mixing throughout the entire. You never knew during training camp when he was stepping up to the line. He Carr may be talking to Mariota and Gruden and me, and then you step up to do a run a play, and then whoever's in at the offense. So it got it, everyone sort of got used to playing with one another and comfortable with one another so it was just a matter of adapting so they they feel they're they're not necessarily worried about it they feel like it's a next man up mentality they feel as if they step to the challenge and they feel comfortable with it well they, they shouldn't feel comfortable they've stunk uh that, that's that's <laughs> the problem Col- colton miller has been i mean you haven't heard much about him because he's been very very good mm. and the rest of the line has really really struggled and obviously illuminor has, has played all right but illuminor and simpson are backups 
and they're pressed into duty. Maybe Illuminor is not a backup for long, but they've been pressed into duty. So you kind of understand, you know, if you have to go to your depth, you're not always going to have a great amount of success, and you get that. The problems with James and Leatherwood have been much more glaring and much more concerning because those are guys you're not only counting on this year. Yeah. You're counting on for the future. Long term. To, to, you know, to build the foundation of that offensive line along with Colton Miller. So uh, those are concerns. And, and listen, it's two games, um, especially for Leatherwood. Two games into his career. You're going to have some struggles. You're going to have to fight through some things. Um, Long term, I don't, you know, I don't know how much they're panicking yet. I don't think they are. Uh, and you've got the opportunity to potentially move him to guard if you have to, because that is probably his more natural position. You'd have to admit kind of defeat on on overdrafting him if you did that. But um, at least there, there's potential to to expand. Andre James, like you know, they've moved on, you know, from Rodney Hudson in order to make this happen, and it is not working right now. And he's he's not a rookie. He's been in the league a while now. He's he just was named like you know the full time long term starter, so he is still kind of getting that under his belt. But uh, there's I think there's definitely concerns of like you know when are they going to kind of turn the corner? Coming up, more leans and likes around the National Football League. A final couple of points on the the Dolphins and the Raiders, including the eligibility of one Will Fuller. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Back here, closing things out. Closing up the week here on Cofield and Company. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez. What's happened with Revo? Um, (laughs) Vince... Mercogliano, member of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, just uh, tweeted out, I have a feeling Rangers fans are going to like, and he tagged Ryan Reeves' Twitter name with a quote, I'm going to be the first guy to chirp somebody and get in their face and give them a face wash, whatever it has to be to get the boys going. And then uh, Vince has my takeaways from today's conversation with the newest Rangers. So that's at the top of my Twitter timeline. I just retweeted Vince. He covers the New York Rangers, of course, coached by Gerard Gallant. And now Ryan Reeves, a member of the Rangers. There you go. Let's get in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. How smooth is that? Look at that. Who needs Steve? None of your business. Just jump in there. (laughs) We're great. Uh, There was a – this is an interesting story – for you know what it meant it could have meant on a global scale i suppose but really just the chaos of television which is great uh the view mm. was scheduled to have kamala harris on vice president of the united states and just before she came out total chaos on set okay we're back and there seems to be something happening here that i'm not 100 percent aware of can someone please apprise me of the situation I need uh, the two of you to step off for a second. Okay. Anna and and uh, and, and we're going to bring Sonny you back later. Have to okay. leave. Yeah. Yes. And we'll tell you why. More information later. It's a tease. We'll t- tell you why in a couple of minutes. So shall I introduce the vice president? Yes. Okay. So vice president. No. No. Nope. Okay. Shall we dance? Let's do a tap dance. Let's do a tap dance. So that was weird. Just before Kamala comes out. Uh, two of the hosts that was uh, Anna Navarro and Sonny Hostin. Hostin? I don't watch the show anymore. We used to, we talked about this. I used to watch it. I don't watch it anymore. Okay. Uh, they were just pulled off set. Turns out, because they're going to be around 
you know, one of the most important people in the country. They were tested for COVID. The tests came back positive just before the interview started. So it was mass panic uh, as they pulled them off the set. That is, you know, a reminder. No sick-esque? It, it's one of those things that you think could happen in like a third world country where COVID could get that close to the leader. Yeah. Or when you just don't care, like I've been here. Uh, but yeah, it was it was very close that there was an exposure for the vice president. Obviously, she's vaccinated, so the chances would have been minimalized, but there is still a chance you could pass it on. A little reminiscent of February 10th, 2021, right here, where you and I were watching from atop T-Mobile Arena when Tomas Nosek got his test back mid-game and was pulled from the game, I believe it was with Anaheim. And uh, he had played 13 shifts in the game, and after uh, after the second period, he didn't get to come back. And and it was kind of odd because he got you know all the sweat in the in the in the in the uh, bench area, and they're down there just banging and and checking into the boards, and uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting uh, that was an interesting occurrence. So, but this would have been this could have been disastrous with the uh, vice president coming out coming Stick out. your hand in there, Dave. Uh. I guess we have to... That's what you get for saying it was smooth. <laughs> well, it, it was still smooth. was. It still was. My bad. Um, you just made it unsmooth. Yeah. True. Good job, Mark. Learn from right, the best. Could have moved right on. Uh, Steve made a tease before we went. Um, I am, speaking of COVID, looking through our our clear but very blurry uh, divider that we have between us, and it's I can't read the board from here, but I do know what it is. You don't have to tell me. Uh, I can't read it, but I remember uh, Steve teased the fact that Will Fuller is going to play for the Dolphins. Will Fuller, big free agent signing in the offseason, did not play in week one because he was suspended, didn't play week two because he was out for personal reasons. Uh, There was a weird quote from Brian Flores that made it sound like maybe Will Fuller had missed the entire season, but he will not. He will be back this week to play against the Raiders. One more option uh, on offense for the Dolphins to go to. Uh, not that they've really tested the deep ball very much, but Will Fuller does give them that, that opportunity. Uh, I have a quote here from John Gruden, who I asked, said, hey, you didn't really know Will Fuller was going to play. He's one of the most prolific deep ball threats in the entire league. He has been over the last five years. How much, you know, how prepared were you for him? How much did you expect him to play? Uh, he said they were prepared. We know he's fast and great. Jalen Waddell, also a young, dynamic guy. Devontae Parker has a lot of history in this league, and their tight end can hurt us as well. Uh, We know what running back Miles Gaskin did to us last year. Uh, That's when he had 169 yards total and two touchdowns. Uh, So John Gruden, very concerned about the playmakers of the Dolphins. Do they put Casey Hayward, who I believe uh, targeted five times, but in 76 pass coverages has not allowed one reception so do they blank do they do they put make sure that Hayward's across from him Casey Hayward's been great um I would I'd probably put him on Parker keep it on who's well well they'll put Parker in the slot quite a bit they'll put Fuller in the slot some so uh that would be Nate Hobbs responsibility Nate's played well he's played pretty well Fuller's just that deep like you said is he's that deep ball threat um you know, since entering the league in 2016, 
14.32 air yards per target ranks fifth highest among NFL players with at least 500 routes run. And I believe second to only Tyreek Hill in number of 50-yard reception. Yeah. So this could be the this you know this this may be the uh, the week that we see that deep ball threat and that secondary tested. Um, there's a couple of specialty plays here or there. Um, you know, and and we've talked about this the the Raiders defense. In that area, between the rush and the secondary, has played well. So, could be a big test if they uh, if Flores uh, draws something up for Fuller, and and they have some. And if it's if it's a close game, and they're looking for the big play, you know, this is where his number might be called. And uh, it also, you know, it it will help Jacoby Brissett some. I mean, some of that was just not getting starters reps last week and just coming in. But Jacoby Brissett had, did have a historically inefficient game. Mm. Uh, last week, 40 pass attempts as he came in in relief, um, barely 150 yards. So, like less than four yards. I think it was less than four yards an attempt. It was it was brutal. Um, one of only few, one of a very few players over the last 15 years that have had a game with 40 attempts and you know less than 200 yards. Derek Carr being one of them a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah, not a very efficient effort. You would think that Will Fuller would help that, as you said. Uh, most of his attempts are significantly downfield. We'll see if Miami is able to uh, throw for some yards. And, of course, as we said, Miles Gaskin had a big game against the Raiders last year. So we're coming down to it here. Do we uh, We got our predictions? Well, if you want to make formal predictions, sure. I'll, I already gave one today somewhere else, so I feel like I should probably give the same one, right? If it, I mean, it just depends. You can't go opposite, but I mean, you can maybe change the complexion. I said twenty four, twenty one Raiders. All right. Is it? Is it? Are they holding on to that lead as it's as it's you know winding down, or do they? Are they losing twenty one seventeen and and score at the end? Uh, I think they're ahead, and they hold on. Yeah, they hold off Miami. A defensive stand. I think it's twenty two twenty one and they get a safety to win punch the game. <laughs> How about that? Uh, I thought you were gonna say maybe they that uh uh Brissette targets Fuller and Hayward makes the, the, the interception. I'm still frustrated because I had I picked thirty twenty seven Ravens in the opener and that was the exact final until Carlson hit the uh, the fifty five yard of the force overtime. Uh. The exact score is it's tough to hit. I would I would have taken that one. That would have been nice. But good for the Raiders, 2-0. Good start. See if they can make it 3-0. Last time with 3-0, everybody knows what happened at the end of the year. Made, yeah. Made the Super Bowl, 2002. They actually opened the season 4-0. So if they're going to win this one, it's it's been a while. I'm going to go with the – I'm, I'm going to play the Raiders on this one. I, like, I think the Raiders are going to win this game. And uh, I think that the Raiders are going to win this game 27 27- 21, 27-17. I'm going 27-17. Okay. There you go. I'm going 27-17 because it's going to land right on the total. There you go. Great stuff from everyone. Steve Cofield up in Fresno. All the great guests. Ari, great work. Willie, awesome job. Willie and I have a fun weekend ahead. Hey, Sunday. Are you doing both? I can't. I gotta, I'll got. i be writing still. Okay. I'm VGK going. preseason opener. Raiders at home. I'll do UFC both. event tomorrow night. NASCAR on Sunday as well. It's going to be wild. Be safe out there. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.